Hi, everyone. It's Gracie with Self-Care with Gracie, and I'm back. I have another really special guest today, and um, her name is Gemma, and uh, Gemma Andrew Adiema. Am I saying that correctly? Yes, that's correct. <laughs> it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but you did well. Thank you. Thanks. I'm a Bohovich, so I'm, I'm used to uh, <laughs> some stumbles over last names. So um, welcome, Gemma. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. And Gemma, um, she, as you can tell, she does not live in the United States. She lives in Britain, and she is a freelance food and wellness writer, recipe developer, and blogger behind the UK Healthy Living and Lifestyle blog called Celery and Cupcakes, which is a very beautiful blog. Everyone needs to go check it out. Through her blog, she hopes to inspire women to lead a happy and healthy life by eating delicious food without fear or restrictions. Your positive thinking and appreciating how fabulous you are and nurturing a beautiful body. And, and I love her, her website so much, and I was flipping through it a little bit more this morning and found that she has a philosophy for it. So I wanted to read that to start off the conversation because I, really, I was really impressed by how holistically you see nutrition and health. And so you write, the era of fatty diets is over. I'm tired of seeing the overpromotion of restrictive eating, quick fixes, and overexercising, and the everyday woman is too. The very core of my philosophy when I started this blog six years ago was to strive for a healthy balance and to feel simply awesome through making the right choices that are unique for my body. I am aspiring to live a happy life that is no longer dominated by food choices. Instead, my quest centers around balanced nutrition, self-love, and face-planting myself in the beautiful food that includes cupcakes, chocolate, and pasta. We're all perfectly imperfect, and through the blog, I hope women are encouraged to love their bodies and feel incredible in their own skin. Being truly healthy is not about sipping green smoothies and eating corgetti. That's, is that how we say, is that how you say eggplant? No, corgetti is like, Courgette, so like zucchini. Zucchini, zucchini, got it. Um, <laughs> in fact, it was much deeper than that, just a little, little translations in English is. Nourishing <laughs> your soul and exploring what makes you truly happy is the very heart of being healthy and feeling great. I'm going against the grain, rebelling against the Instagram perfect wellness brigade, and it's time to get real, nourish your body, and live happy. So... First of all, thanks for writing that. That's really, I feel really like energized and inspired after I read that. And it feels, again, very holistic. So I would love to hear a little bit more about your background and what inspired you to want to create a blog and want to start working with food and nutrition. And then also how, how like all of the self-love and imperfection worked its way into that. So I guess my blog is kind of like a kind of story like my journey back to a more balanced lifestyle um so through my teens and early 20s I had a disordered relationship with food um constantly like restricting what I eat wanting to be being this girl um but you know skinny super skinny girl um and I had I guess like disordered kind of view on how my body looked as well um and my blog, I started it actually as a hobby during my PhD, um, just documenting um, my food, my inspiration, etc. And just as a release for my creative side, and it just kind of transpired into this whole kind of other thing of, um, again, sharing my inspiration, but also inspiring women to kind of ditch the diets. Um, diets are boring. <laughs> 
let's face it, diets are boring. Diets, they promote um, restrictive eating and they kind of tell us what we take out of our diets rather than what we can inject in. Um, and I just think there's so much more life, so much more to food than restricting what you eat. And it's all about nourishing your body with beautiful food, eating what, whatever you want without any fear or restrictions or any guilt. Um, I think it's really sad that women eat, they eat, they make their food choices and then they feel guilty afterwards. They regret what they eat or they're making food choices based on social kind of norms or um, what society thinks is right for you to eat. Um, and basically it's just to kind of break the dieting mentality and for women to feel happy in their bodies, whatever their size, and to just enjoy food, take care of themselves, love themselves, and just live happy. I could not agree more. That is, it feels, when you speak, it feels very similar to my journey that I grew up more restricted in how I thought I had to, I, I felt like I couldn't trust myself around food and like cupcakes. Like mm-hmm. I was just that I, I would, because I was so restricted in a lot of ways, like when I would have a cupcake, it would never be like a, like a reasonable cupcake, maybe even half a cupcake. It would be like multiple cupcakes or it would be that like mm-hmm. famine. And so what, what I'm, curious about is like how how did you like start to give yourself that permission to really enjoy the food that you're eating because that's that's what I sense and what you're talking about is that you were like oh wait this food is really good and I'm allowed to actually enjoy it so what was that process like for you I think I just reached a point in my life where I just had enough <laughs> um so I was constantly weighing myself like during my teens I was constantly weighing myself um over exercising and I just thought you know what this isn't living I'm not enjoying the food that I eat I'm um it's all it was also affecting my social life so sometimes I won't go out with my friends because I'll be put in certain like awkward situations where my food choices might be questioned etc and I, I think I just completely had enough of it um and I started to embrace balance like you can eat cupcakes you can eat chocolate you can eat pasta um you can eat pizza it's all about having that happy balance that works for you and knowing that um each one of us is different and that's what makes us uniquely beautiful um being individual so what works for one person isn't going to work for another person i mean some people will probably quite happy eating i, I mentioned courgette in my philosophy so that's like um zoodle is it zoodles i think you call them zoodles yeah, yeah, like the, making, the zucchini long noodles instead of pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like sipping green smoothies, that, that might be great for one person. But for me, that isn't like a healthy mindset. That doesn't work for me. I need cupcakes to be healthy. So I don't have that fear or, or restriction in my life. It's all about balance, which I, I'm really passionate about. You're blowing my mind. Just the idea that like you need cupcakes to be healthy is such a, I feel so free when I listen to you talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) And it could, and it could be someone else. Like maybe like cupcakes, it doesn't really make them feel healthy and balanced. And so it's, there, there is that self-awareness of knowing what, what you do need for balance. And when I was reading your website, I was like very struck by like the concept of balance. I've, I've really felt that in, in your philosophy. So tell me a little bit more about how you 
find balance for yourself and how you help other people recognize what, what that balance point is for them? Um, see, balance is a tricky one because it's, you know, we all live in these fast paced lives and it's so hard to make time for yourself. Um, and time for others sometimes, and then time for yourself. Um, and balance means something different to, it means something different to everyone, you know? So, um, and it, it means something different at different points in your life as well. So I'm a mom. Um, I have a two-year-old, a little boy, and balance to me now is, can mean something completely different um, to like before I had him. Um, and he completely turned my life upside down. I was, um, before he arrived, I kind of like strived on being super organized, you know, having this kind of immaculate house. And um, but as soon as he arrived, I had to let it all go. <laughs> Just kind of adopting um, a different way of thinking. It's amazing how these small people can just kind of affect every aspect of your life. And I think um, having him has been one of the best things ever, but it's also been one of the challenging things. But it's actually made me a better person having him in my life because I've had to rethink so many different things. And, and it's actually been for the better. And through my blog, through my, my lifestyle post, etc., I um I write, you know, just kind of like lifestyle tips on balance, the different scenarios, um, on self-care and self-love. So all different things to help you achieve balance. Because initially when I started my blog, it was all about balance in food. But actually balance can be incorporated into your life in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think for me, I find that when I am, am balanced in, in a variety of ways in my life, like if I have creativity in my life, if I'm getting good sleep, then food becomes the place where I, I don't have to like save all my emotions for my food. It's like, it's like much easier for me to make more intuitive balanced decisions when it comes to eating. If I'm yeah. tending to all parts of my, of my being and and just the thought that's coming to mind for me right now is this idea that as women, we've been so like classified by the roles that we play. And so like one of those roles is like beautiful woman or like, you know, attractive woman. And that's like keeping our body looking a certain way, probably like being very thin by some people's definitions. And then there's mm -hmm. also this role of mother, which I think negates a little bit of that it's like once you become a mother then your role changes then you're not necessarily attractive anymore and then you can't really be selfish and so mm -hmm. what has it been like for you to like kind of keep all of these different aspects of yourself in balance as you've gone through all these transitions um I think it's it's difficult I mean I'm not perfect well, obviously, I'm not perfect, um, and it's hard to keep things in check. Um, and sometimes it is kind of like you have these kind of thoughts in your head, especially after having um, a baby. You have kind of you know anxieties about your body image, the way you look, and especially with um, with the media. You know, you see celebrities losing their baby weight um, within like almost minutes after giving birth, which isn't very helpful. Yeah. <laughs> blows my mind <laughs> it's not helpful at all and I think 
I hate it when people kind of, after having a baby, they hate their body so much. But I think for me, I found um, giving birth and being pregnant really empowering. You know, I was grateful for what my body did for me. You know, it gave me this beautiful baby boy. And, you know, I've got belly jiggle. And, you know, um, I breastfed and my boobs aren't, like, you know, as good as they were, you know, a few years ago um, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but, you know, I think it's learning to embrace these changes, accept them for what they are, and just be grateful for what your body has done for you. Well, when I see women out there who I, I think of as being very, like, fully integrated women, like, they're a mother, but they're also, like, really sexy, and they're also just, like, very focused on their goals, and they're also very giving, and it's just people who've, like, really explored all these parts of themselves. I find those women mm-hmm. the most beautiful women that I've ever seen, and, yeah, and they totally have, like, a few extra jiggles, or some gray hairs, or some wrinkles, and And it's like the expectations that I hold myself to can be so much harsher where when I really look at what's attractive to me and a person, like it it is like a much more well-rounded human being. And it's, it feels a little revolutionary to, to begin embracing that. But I I think culturally we're really ready for this. Yeah. I think there's a massive, there's been a massive, massive change in the mindset. People are looking for, looking up to real women when it comes to like you know body image and etc and I've seen recently a lot on social media um like even like the swimsuit ads they're using real women older women so more diverse body types different ages different color um which is really good it's a really positive movement and it, it just wasn't really available when we were young. Like when, when I was young reading like teen magazine, um, it, there, w- I, there wasn't just a place to have a normal, healthy body. And I, I think about the world that we're creating right now for our kids. And that's like our, our little boys and our little girls that we can really start to teach them this through our example of, of showing them like, yeah, this is what a really like nourished woman looks like and what a really balanced woman looks like. And yes, she eats a cupcake and yes, she like goes out dancing. Exactly. I think it's really important to give kids um, a balanced view on, on, you know, what it's like to be a woman how it, and how to look how women how real people look not just on the you know the photoshop magazine um models that you see because that isn't that isn't real you know they have you know hairdressers stylists makeup artists and all that kind of stuff um to help them look that way but women in the real world um are just as beautiful um in their own way um i don't think it's you know I think it's really important to get that message across, especially to children. So they grow up with a more kind of rounded view of, of the world and, um, you know, positive body image and um, et cetera. Yes, that, I think that is our work. And, and what, what feels challenging to me a lot in that work of being a role model in this way is, is I realize how for my whole life I used food and eating and trying to stay thin as a way to, like, to regulate myself and Mm -hmm. it's it's like it kept my world a little bit smaller if I could just think about like oh did I do the food right today and 
and, and it kept me from having to deal with some of like the bigger issues that might've been underneath all of that. And what I, what I think about one is I know so many women, like you said in the beginning of the call, you feel so guilty after you eat something and like eat the cupcake and just like beat yourself up for the rest of the night about it. And so like, what do you think about this concept of guilt? And especially as a mother, because I, from what I, I'm, I'm pregnant right now, we were talking before the call. And I think one of the things I'm most worried about is that feeling like I always have to give myself to another being or it means I'm not a good person. So I think I, I see here to my friends that the mom guilt is really strong. So like, how do you deal with guilt? And how do you find find the ways to liberate yourself from that that regulating system? Oh, I suffered with mum guilt so badly um, because I work from home, obviously, and I didn't put um, my little boy into childcare until he was 18 months. So kind of like juggling the two at the same time, you know, using that time to work, waking up really early, working late in the night, like working around his schedule. And there were some times where I couldn't work around his schedule. I had to work while he was, you know, playing next to me on my computer. And the mum girl kind of hit me really badly. Um, but I think realising that I'm not um, just a mum. My Being a mum is a role that I do, but it doesn't define who I am. Um, that really helped. You know, I do do other things. I needed my work as, as an escape. Um, because sometimes being a mum is one of the hardest things that you will ever do and it can consume you sometimes it can kind of consume you and overwhelm you and I think it's so easy not to make space for yourself so my work became became my space for myself somewhere where I could kind of find have that kind of sense of self that you kind of lose sometimes when you become a mum um and that really helped with the mum girl and realize, realizing that I'm not being selfish. You know, it's important to take some time out for yourself away from your child. Um, and people are probably listening to this thinking, how dare she? You've got, you've got a child. How dare she think about yourself? But it's so important to look after yourself. And for me, when I look after myself, I feel that I can give a hundred percent to the people that I love. Um, and I think it's really important to have that space for yourself and make time for yourself, um, no matter what role you're, you're currently in. Um, I think you just need to do it. I, I couldn't agree more. And I also really relate to that feeling of like, oh, shoot, if people hear me talking about this, it means I'm not like a good enough mother. Like I'm already starting to feel that a little bit, like in this process of being pregnant, of like, mm-hmm. It's a really joyful process, and I, I actually love being pregnant. And there's a there's a surprising amount of grief that comes up for me in the process as well. Like just mm-hmm. letting go of myself as a single woman, um, letting go of all of like the the freedom that I have to just choose whatever I want to choose. Of like the, I always think of the polarity between birth and death, and when we're when we're looking at birth, like death has to come into it too. And I, I would like yeah sent a message to the friend. He's like, are you just so excited every, every day? And I was like, actually, no, I'm kind of like, I get really sad sometimes. And I wrote it and immediately I felt so vulnerable. And I was like, wait, I wasn't supposed to say that because this is supposed to be wonderful all the time. And I had to really <laughs> look at that thing of, of our, of our perfection and as being a mother and I'm wondering like what that's all about. So 
how, cause I know per- perfectionism is something that you talk about and I'm, how do you, how do you work with that in terms of being a mother as well? Um, yeah, I, I know a bit of, like I said before, like I, before I had Asian, I kind of like prided myself on being a super organized person, you know, having my stuff together, um, having a house of immaculate. Um, and I think there came a point where I just had to let it all go. Um, stop fighting it and just to like just succumb to this new way of life and realize just let, let go of the perfection um I think perfect with a comparison is a thief of joy but I think perfectionism is also the thief of joy um, and perfectionism doesn't exist um I mean we all try to lead these perfect lives but um it just sends you a little bit crazy trying to kind of achieve something that you can't really achieve just kind of live in the moment and just let it all go really helped me um becoming flexible um with things um i think sometimes you just have to settle (laughs) you just have to settle and realize that um things are the you know things are just just let things be i think is is one of the things that has really helped me i mean it doesn't matter if the house is a mess you know um what helped me is coming to the coming to terms with the fact that my little boy isn't going to be small forever the dishes can wait until till for when you know till whenever but he's not going to be this small forever so spending this time with him is more of a priority than having a super clean and tidy house. Mm, it sounds like you are keeping really good perspective. I try. It's, it's a challenge and it's taken a lot of work <laughs> and I'm still a work in progress. But I think it's, I think we're all working, you know, a work in progress. And some days are really bad. Some days are good. Um, but, you know, life is life. <laughs> I've heard parenthood described as like the, and within one day you'll have like the best moment you've ever had and the worst moment you've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. <laughs> and and when, when you speak, I'm struck by the, the parallels that I hear in, in your journey of eating and really learning to accept having a, a more nourishing, like less perfect diets and, mm-hmm. and motherhood as a way of letting go of this really regimented way of like being kind of perfect and and then embracing like a more a more messy more open nourishing lifestyle and it feels like there's a a, a link between those do you think so oh yeah definitely because obviously with the with the eating and the food um you're trying to kind of fit society well I was trying to fit society's kind of alleged like you know norm um it's kind of one size fits all um scenario and because I'm naturally I'm I have a curvy figure you know I've got boobs I have a bum I have hips but I was trying to be like um the skinny girl um which just didn't fit just didn't it's just not my body type at all and um again I had to kind of kind of become a became a mum just make this kind of mental shift um and you do and um, kind of come into this new role this you have to accept this new identity 
and when you become a mum. And rather than trying to squeeze a square peg into a round hole and try to live your old life with a baby in tow, you might as well just create space for this new, new identity, identity and just embrace it. Um, your kind of whole world is turned upside down, but, um, but you know, just embrace it. If you try and fight it, then that's when things are going to become more difficult. So it's going to take time for things to settle down and it's going to take time for you to find your new group, but that's okay. It doesn't have to happen tomorrow, whether it takes, you know, a few weeks, a few months, a year. Eventually you will get there. And I think knowing that is actually quite comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's well, and it, it, what's comforting for me is hearing you say like that it's made you a better person or that there's been within all of the struggle that it's really helped you to, to tap into qualities in yourself that you couldn't access before. And that really inspires me. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's definitely made me a better person. Being, being a mom is like one of the best things I've ever done, but it's also one of the hardest things. And I've had to reevaluate a lot of the things that I was doing, a lot of the things that I was thinking um, for my child. And he has made me a better person. Um, and, and I love that. I think that's really, really special. It, from from your your blog, I really get the sense that you you want to share widely around these topics of, of growth as, and being messy and enjoying life. What's it like to share that out with your audience, and and what kind of feedback have you gotten from being vulnerable in the way you talk about yourself in your life? Um, I think with kind of the online world and social media, there is this kind of thing of perfectionism perfectionism and you know on Instagram you see people with their perfect um, home interiors their perfect kitchen their perfect meals and people are looking for relatable people um and being honest being vulnerable um via my blog I think a lot of people um kind of relate to some of the things that um I put out there um, I had a post go up a few weeks ago about being viewed on social media and that had such a lot of positive response um, and also by being real on my blog um, and showing my emotions through my blog and through um, my social channels um, rather than kind of faking it I might be helping just one person who's going through the same thing as me and that for me is really inspiring and I love the fact that I'm perhaps I am helping just one person um, who could be a million miles away. Um, that really kind of helps me to keep me going and why this with my blog. I, I just love it. It's amazing that you say that because yesterday I sent out my, my newsletter on Wednesdays and I um, wrote this really vulnerable post about like my fears of abandonment. And I, mm-hmm. like, every week I, I like really try to look at what my edge is around vulnerability. And then I just see like, can I just step like one little step further? And I was like, oh, that would be really vulnerable to share about this, this vulnerability, uh, this abandonment fears that are coming up. But I was like, had that exact same thought. I was like, well, it might be too much for some people, but I was like, I bet there's going to be at least one person out there who's really going to need to read this today. So I sent it out and, and I got, I got some really nice feedback from a lot of people, but there's one 
person who responded in particular who was like, thank you so much. I just really, really needed to hear this. And it, it really filled me with so much, um, so much comfort and so and such a strong feeling that if we're willing to go into the shadows, like if we're willing to talk about what's hard about life, that not only can we help other people, but it, it helps it to not feel so alone and scary and shameful anymore. And now I feel like, oh, I could talk more easily about abandonment fears because it doesn't feel like this like secret I have to hide. So it, I think of it as being a service on, on both ends. Like it helps me to develop as a person, but it, it's also wonderful to, to feel it help other people. Exactly, and I'm I'm all like about positivity, and I, I I do kind of see myself as a really positive person. But sometimes pointing out the negative helps us to grow and develop, and the negatives are sometimes just as important as the positives. Um, yes, and I actually don't think that you can be a fully positive person until you've learned to embrace the negatives, and. This, this has taken me a while to understand about being a woman too. And, and maybe men can relate to this as well, but I really feel it that, that for a long time, I thought like I had to put on this brave face and I had to, like, I wasn't allowed to ever feel insecure. And now I realize mm-hmm. I'm like, it's only in my ability to understand my own insecurities and like be gentle with them when they come up that I can actually be as, be as, conf- be as confident, be as confident as possible. And so I, I think the same thing about positivity and negativity that like until we're willing to realize like, yeah, sometimes life is just really hard. And sometimes it's really hard to find a positive aspect to anything. I think that's the key that kind of somehow unlocks like the, the really grounded view of positivity as well. Because when the good moments come, like I, I feel so ready for them. If I've like accepted the negative, I'm like, I need a good moment right now. Let's enjoy this. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. For like kind of the, the more nuts and bolts of, of your celery and cupcakes approach, um, I'm really interested in you being a recipe developer and what and what that is like, and how you do that in addition to being a mom of a young one. So how do you find time to cook, and and how do you stay inspired to keep creating recipes that are healthy and also delicious? Um, how I find time? Um, well, I have childcare. <laughs> I now have childcare, so I, um, Aiden started um, nursery or kindergarten, as you, as you call it over there, um, at 18 months. So before then, obviously, I was still working, so it was kind of like a balancing act of him kind of um, playing alongside me cooking. Um, but he was smaller then, but now he's kind of more into everything. So um, the childcare has helped. He goes to nursery two days a week. So there's times where I have to work with him around and um, again it's another juggling act but he's two and a half now so he kind of sometimes he helps me like you know cooking especially he's got such a sweet tooth <laughs> so if I'm baking a cake or something he'll quite happily help me you know mix the batter and you know pour in the sugar and all that kind of stuff which is quite nice to have him involved um, but I find um, like inspiration from everywhere, from from magazines, from um, the places I eat, from menus. Um, there's just so much inspiration out there. I think that's what keeps my creative kind of juices flowing when I'm creating my recipes. And I just love it as well. I I'm I just love creating recipes. I love kind of styling. Um, 
um, for a photo shoot and then um, it's really exciting the post-production of you know editing the photos etc I just really love it. it it really excites me um and I think that's why I do what I do because I love it I'm a big believer in doing what you love otherwise there's just no point I mean you're only given one life um so you might as well love what you do and similarly you're only given one body so you might as well love the body that you have I feel that yes and it's well it sounds like what you do gives you a lot of energy instead of like I think some people's work takes their energy away and that's that's always my Mm -hmm. metric for like are you doing what you're here to do and if it gives you energy I think you are (laughs) yeah I think if you love what you do you're passionate about what you do then you're definitely on the right track I mean there's no point doing something that you hate you're going to be miserable you're going to be you know kind of depressed as well I guess you know if you're if you're doing kind of a role that you really that doesn't fit with you then what's the point do things that bring you happiness and make space for joy in your life Mm. including the cupcakes (laughs) exactly including the cupcakes very important very important part of the recipe (laughs) yeah so for the moms out there who have a hard time staying inspired around cooking and and how to bring this into their life are there are there any like suggestions or hacks that you you offer people of how to how to find the same joy and enthusiasm that you have for cooking um well I guess um Pinterest is a really good store yeah <laughs> I'm constantly going through Pinterest for inspiration recipe books blogs um I think when you become a mom, it's always that thing about having the time to cook, um, finding the time to cook nourishing food. So for me, my slow cooker became my best friend because you just kind of pop something in in the morning, just leave it to its own devices, and you have something in the evening ready for dinner. Um, also, batch cooking was a really big thing for me. So actually purposely batch cooking food to store in the freezer the freezer is one of the most underrated kitchen appliances but it's such a great help um you can stash so many like ready made meals that you've cooked yourself in the freezer for a rainy day so that's another good thing and um, meal planning um if you like to be organized meal planning is really good because when you become a mum, you kind of have this kind of like mummy fog in your brain like this mummy haze for a while and staying on track and organized can be quite difficult so having a meal plan um really helps um and if you do have a meal plan i think it's really important to be flexible with it because you might one day have something planned but you don't actually feel like eating it so having that flexibility there is is really important um but yeah i mean there's so many ways to to feel inspired um try something new Try and cook something new um, once a month, um, or pick up pick up something random at the supermarket um, and see what you can make with it. That's another way to kind of get those creative juices flowing. And mm. and in, in, in that, I hear the the perspective that like this is a really fun thing that you can do that will will give you a chance to use your creative powers and will give you inspiration and will will help you look at life like in a more delicious way that I think it's how we frame it. If we're like, God, I have to get food on the table again. And like, what else am I going to make? It's like that attitude I think can take all the joy out of food as much as counting calories can take the joy out of food. So it's, it's like 
realizing that this is a really, for me, it's a great way to um, exercise creativity and it, it really grounds me to cook. Actually. I feel like if I'm kind of frazzled and this might change mm-hmm. with motherhood and maybe, <laughs> maybe it won't be this way anymore, but I feel like if I can just get my hands and some food and turn on yeah. bubbles, simmer something on the stove and it helps me so much to kind of calm down and it, it's a space where I can integrate what's happening in my day and really think things through. And so to see it maybe as a place of self care to even be in the kitchen. Oh, definitely. I find cooking such a therapeutic process. Just pottering about in the kitchen, I'll have the radio on, just taking things easy, getting, you know, creative. And yeah, it's definitely a form of self-care because I, it's something that I love to do. So, it's, you know, it's a bit of me time. Um, so, yeah, I love it. It's definitely a form of self-care. I think doing something that you love, making space for something that you love is definitely a form of self-care and cooking can be that. Especially since we have to do it every day anyways, <laughs> we might as well. Yeah. <laughs> and we don't want to get carry out all the time. And it's actually a concept in yoga. It's called um, sadhana, which can mean like a spiritual mm-hmm. practice, like you do your yoga sadhana, but it also means like chores and that you look mm-hmm. at like the things you do around the house as a spiritual practice. So it's like when you're sweeping mm-hmm. the floor, cooking, you're, you're offering it to the gods and you're, you're cleaning your home to like make it a nice offering for the gods you add this whole mm-hmm. divine quality and it's sort of like the monastic traditions too when like the whole day is centered around these just very menial tasks that they do with great devotion and that becomes like a very actually beautiful life so not saying that I want to spend my whole day sweeping my floor but having having a little bit of that attitude of sadhana always really helps me to like not feel not feel like it's drudgery but to, to feel like it is like an act of care sure sure yeah. Well, we've been talking about self-care. And so it's, it's a question I like to ask the, the guests that come on this, the podcast that what does self-care really mean for you? And how do you make sure that you keep practicing it in your life? Um, well, self-care to me is, it means being selfless and making yourself a priority no matter what. Um, so you know, um, so in your work life, um, if you're a mom, whatever kind of life role or whatever situation it is, always making yourself a priority and realizing that you're not being selfish. Making yourself a priority isn't a selfish act. It's actually the most selfless act that you can do for yourself. Um, and how I make time for that, um, Various ways, really. I mean, I I go through kind of peaks and troughs of like radical self care, and then like there's times where it doesn't happen at all. I mean, we've just moved into a new home, um. So self care right now has gone right out the window, <laughs> but I'm kind of working to kind of get those self care practices back. Like right now, I have a candle lit, I have flowers on my desk. Um, flowers and candles were kind of like my thing so each week I like to buy myself a bunch of flowers nothing expensive um, I mean the flowers that I've got now are just like a bunch of tulips which are in season right now um, really inexpensive um, like three pound a bunch which I'm not sure how that equates into dollars Having a candle lit, it's really calming and um, cooking is a form of self-care for me going out for walks um, there's various things, painting my nails. Um, it doesn't even have to cost that much. I mean, it can be really, I mean, I think 
when people think of self-care, I think they think of like retreats or spa days, but it can be be as simple as listening to your favorite music or spending five minutes dancing in the kitchen to your favorite songs. (laughs) There's so many different ways that you can practice it. And I think making time for it, sometimes I like to schedule in something in my planner to make sure that it actually happens. So I so my day is scheduled around my self-care rather than me scheduling in my self-care, if that makes sense. Yeah, yes. It sounds like you treat it like a priority in the same way that we treat anything that's scheduled in our calendar like it's a priority. And that, mm-hmm. that it doesn't have to be really complicated, but it can be pretty simple, small, decadent acts and that that, that often can be enough. Exactly, exactly. Just something for you. I mean, it could just be five minutes or 60 minutes, whatever time you have. Um, just use it for you, like reading a book, eating your favorite chocolate. Um, really, it can be like a planning session, if that's what self-care means to you. I mean, self-care means something different to everybody, um, obviously, or individuals, but something that brings you joy. Mm. Which goes back to your eating philosophy too. It's like whatever it is for you, just make sure it's it's really bringing you joy and it's working for you. Exactly, exactly. Um, food is there to be enjoyed. You should have pleasure in the food that you eat. You don't have to eat like the person sitting next to you. It doesn't matter what they're eating. Eat for you and make sure you're enjoying the food that you eat. It, it's it's so simple and I love that philosophy and I'm going to carry that with me into I'm going to go have lunch with two friends after this so I, I will carry that into into the lunch of just really choosing and I thank you so much I, I love um, I love what you do and I love how you talk about what you do and just your your commitment to, to sharing the, the fullness of who you are as, as a woman and as a mother and how those two intersect so um, thanks for being here and would would you share how people can stay in touch with you and find your blog and follow you um, on your many forms of social media? Sure. Thank you for having me on, Gracie. It's been so much fun chatting to you. Um, you can find my blog at celeryandcupcakes.com. And my handle social media are celery underscore cupcakes. Um, so you can find me there. Awesome. And you're on Instagram and Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter. I want, like, yeah. I want everything. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, definitely check out the website. There's a lot of really wonderful recipes and um, also more articles and thoughts on motherhood and how to balance self-care. And for everyone listening out there, whether or not you are a mother, I, I think this concept that like we each have a responsibility to ourselves to figure out what actually makes us feel nourished and healthy and whole that, and that we have the right to, to experiment with that and to add it in in small ways and to, to let ourselves really look at a more holistic version of what healthy is instead of following somebody else's. And that can also pertain to motherhood too. And that's Gemma, that's really what I'm taking away from this call is that like your version like of being a mother might be really different than my version of being a mother. And that's, there's a beauty in that diversity and, um, and we need to support each other in that as well. So thanks again for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you for having me.
You're welcome. And everyone else out there, please keep taking care of yourselves. Write me with any questions or feedback, and I'll look forward to connecting again soon. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. There you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons, I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.